It is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. It is Wednesday, hump day, and uh, we're in the Mothership Studio 22, the Puppet Master Mark. Let's love Brandon at the helm. Ooh, driving us, driving us, directing us into the nether regions of all things insanity, where we will upload the information you need on this Wednesday. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, we'll see. Uh, the news you can use and then lose. Uh, let me go over here to the calendar real quick because I got a couple of announcements I need to make to you. They hate when I do this, but I don't care. Lexington, Kentucky. I'm going to be there Friday night, Manchester Music Hall, and then we're headed to Amarillo and Abilene. Now, I got a message this morning saying that uh, there was only like four seats left in Abilene and standing room only left in Amarillo. Uh, it, so you, you get on it. Go check it out. I went to the Amarillo website the ticket link, and um, it looks like there's still some seats there. So uh, go check it out. You can go to chadpratherlive.com. And then, of course, uh, we are kicking off the Buckwild Comedy Tour, Joplin, Missouri, on the 27th. You can get likewise get tickets there at my site. And uh, then I, me, myself, and I will be Fort Wayne, Indiana, on February 3rd, and then the Waco Hippodrome and uh, on the 10th of February, and then the 11th of February, Justin, Texas. The big town of Justin, Texas, going to be over at the Mule Barn. Brandon, you know you've made it in the entertainment business when you're playing a place called the Mule Barn, but that's a fantastic little venue over there. I'll be honest, I didn't even know Justin, Texas was a place. You didn't know it was a place? No, no. That's where Justin, Justin comes from, Justin, the boots and all that stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Justin, Texas, it's just north of Fort Worth. Pretty cool spot. Uh, and, um, I almost got my ass kicked in there one night. I was over there at a, years ago, I was at a fundraiser and I was emceeing a fundraiser and this drunk guy wanted to, well, it, what happened was, what happened was his, uh, his wife or girlfriend, I don't know which, wanted to take a picture with me. And he wasn't down with that. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what I do. Whenever people do like a meet and greet or whatever, and a couple walks up to me, and you know, every now and then I'll have the guy who'll go, "She really wants to meet you." Uh, you know, this kind of stuff. Or like, oh well, you know, she's like, "Oh, you're the one. You're on my list or whatever," which is always weird when somebody says that to me, especially with their husband standing there. <laughs> I've always made it a habit. I reach out and shake the man's hand first. I make sure that I do that because I never want a guy to think I'm disrespecting him when his woman's acting womanly. <laughs> it's just a good way not to get stabbed. Uh, so I always try to do that. But yeah, Justin Mulebarn, I almost got my ass kicked there. That's probably about six, seven years ago. Um, I was like, yep, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> but uh, that's what happens when people add alcohol. I, uh, uh, but I'm going to be in all these places. And so, and then the Buckwild Comedy Tour kicks off the, the tickets for Birmingham, Alabama, two nights, uh, I think that's February 24th and 25th. Again, I'm going back to the calendar. Uh, yep. Uh, February 24th, 25th. I'm going to be there. Tomball, Texas on the 17th. That's all Buck Wild. So that's me. It's going to be uh, Dustin Sims, Zach Rushing, Jesse Payton. And then I'm going to San Antonio. We're, we're bouncing all over. We got dates coming Augusta, Georgia, Jacksonville, Florida, uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So go get them. I told you guys, my, my, not my resolution, my realization is asses in the seats this year. We want people having a good time. I want things back to normal because COVID shut everything down. It hit, the, uh, it hit the service industry hard, the restaurant industry hard, certainly hit the entertainment industry very hard. And here we are in 2023, and I talked to my booking agent, and he said, you know, we're still, it's, things are still slow. A lot of these venues still slow to, um, to, uh, 
you know, pick back up on their booking. I don't know. They're just scared of some things. But I'll tell you what did happen to me, boys. Uh, my buddy Jesse Payton, his 1,000th career comedy show. Of course, he's part of our Buck Wild shows. But his 1,000th career show is, uh, is this week. It's Thursday night at the Houston Improv. I was going to go open for him. I was going to go do 15 minutes and just do an opener and kind of host the deal, introduce him. The manager for the Houston Improv, which I've done many times, said, Chad Prather is not welcome here. <laughs> Chad, when you're pissing off the comedy clubs to the point where they won't let you in, where the clubs themselves are censoring you, uh, this, is where, this is where we are. So I told Jesse, I said, ask him why, what the deal is. And he said, uh, never answered. And I said, no, seriously, I want to know what his issue is. And Jesse said, well, here's his email address. I said, well, I've got his email address. So I emailed him. And I said, I ran for governor for two years in the state of Texas. Please tell me what it is you think you know that the rest of the world doesn't know about me, that you would bar me from coming in and just doing 15 minutes to introduce my friend to make sure his show is successful at your venue. And he never responded to me, but he emailed Jesse and he said, quote, I don't need this shit. <laughs> so um, I want Jesse to have a successful show, which I think it's sold out. As of yesterday, we only had 10, 10 tickets left. So, uh, so, so after that, then I think we, uh, we, we just start really giving the Houston Improv a bad name. Uh, but that uh, dude, I mean, he's booked me not only at the Houston Improv, but at the Addison Improv over here in North Dallas as well. So who knows? Maybe I maybe I uh, piss somebody off somehow. It wouldn't be the first time. I mean, it's, it's kind of difficult to run a, a comedy shop when you are blacklisting comedians. Blacklisting comedians. Yeah, who sell tickets. Who sell tickets, who fill your freaking room up. Yeah. Um, and so, like I said, I have, I, I've never done it. Anytime I've done the Improv, it's always been a full room. Um, and so I never know. I know I don't have no who knows who knows what cr pissed in his Cheerios I don't know but that's the world we're living in these days and so I, I keep telling people the reason I bring all this stuff up about doing the live shows it's important because not only is it an economy driver uh, but it helps you know keep live entertainment alive and uh, it gets people back out socializing again and that's an important thing because we've gotten ourselves so cloistered off like I, I go to a church on Sunday mornings and they spend a lot of times they'll spend they'll talk to the camera right because they know there's people watching at home which is a great service if you're shut in you know you you can people can live stream it they can get on and, and they can watch the facebook stream or whatever but some people have gotten where they depend on that and that's unfortunate in my opinion and you know again i think you're supposed to you need to be around people you need to socialize and some people say well i'm not very social well i'm i'm not very quiet but sometimes i make myself be something i'm not right uh, sometimes it's good to be quiet even if you're not naturally quiet so if you're you know a naturally quiet person sometimes you need to choose to be loud and if you're antisocial, sometimes it's good to socialize because and it's not for what you're going to get out of it it's what you can invest and so i try to tell people i said you know it's it's impossible it's impossible to go you know entertain an empty room um and so i encourage people to get out there and let's make things normal again that's why i'm 100 percent. this is this is the only reason why i'm 100 percent against this concept this notion of dry january screw that i don't i don't believe in that at all uh the, my girlfriend her entire family they they said we're going to do dry january and now here we are at the uh at the 11th of, of january and now it's become damp january for them 
Uh, as of this past Sunday, their January got very damp. Um, but I don't believe in it. And one of the reasons I don't believe in it is because why do we want to punish these people who go out and work hard to, um, to, to make a living tending bar, working in the service industry, restaurants? And you think I'm kidding about that, but I went up to a, a nice restaurant in Frisco that I like to go to every now and then, uh, D. Lincoln Prime. They got a great happy hour, got a great menu. And I went up there last week, sat down at the bar. There was only three of us at the bar. It was crazy. If I hadn't brought a couple of people with me, the place would have been empty. And I was like, you know what? It's both the holidays and it's stupid dry January. That's the whole deal. So you get out there and get your drunk on, okay? Get your drunk on. Um, but uh, I, I tell you, the comedy thing is almost dead in the water in a big way because people are so sensitive. I, I think it's when people started getting drunk off of soy milk is when the whole thing just went south. So, you know, I, I'm encouraging people, get out there, go do it, tell your friends. If it's not in a city near you, call friends that are in that area. And people say, well, if you just come closer, I'm like, I'm literally going to be in a, a city 100 miles from you. I'm traveling 1,600 miles to get there. Get in the car and drive. Get a hotel. Spend the night. Uh, I stayed in a hotel last night. I may have herpes now. Uh, I, I stayed. <laughs> this place was horrible. I haven't stayed in a hotel this cheap in 20 years. Maybe. This was horrible. So anyway, get you one of those cheap little hotel rooms and live adventurously. Um, I have, let me tell you, an uh, update on my campaign uh, against, uh, what did we say? I said if I'd raise enough money, I'd run against Dan Crenshaw. Uh, to date, to the moment, actually, uh, we've raised one dollar. One dollar has come in to my Venmo account, and I don't even know if that's why it came in. But I want to give a big shout out here. This goes to um, this goes to Jim Walker. Jim Walker, everybody, come on! There it is, Jim Walker. One dollar. Thank you. And I mean, one dollar even too. So that's a that's a we're we're we are absolutely on the way to primarying. Uh, whoever we want to primary. In this case, maybe Dan Crenshaw. Who knows? Um, the uh, Stacey Abrams, speaking of somebody that needs to just go away, Stacey Abrams was on the uh, Drew Barrymore show. I don't know what Drew Barrymore calls her show. Is it Drew? Um, she had some things to say about uh, her political future. Play that clip. So what's next? Are you going to run again? Are you going? Like, are you? Do we get to look forward to this and galvanize I, I, again? I, I will likely run again. Oh my God! So are you going to go up against um, some tough men who kind of don't always play fair? <laughs> well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again, and if it doesn't work, you try again. Yeah. Well, there's a lot on that clip to unpack. Uh, let's start with all the peons in the audience who have to wear masks, uh, matching masks, so, which means they handed those out at the door. Um, and I love how it's a good solid Ukraine yellow there. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, but uh, probably zero correlation there, but that's what stands out to me. Uh, these ladies got all fixed up to go on national television, be a part of a studio audience, and they masked half of their face. Makes a lot of sense. And, of course, Stacey Abrams, if you'll remember, of that iconic picture of, of her great 
you know, her great altruistic moment of storytelling and reading to the kindergartners, uh, that picture that emerged last year when she was sitting in the middle of the classroom, uh, you know, crisscross applesauce and all the kids were masked up, but she was not. No, her big solid gap tooth was just staring right at you uh, in the middle of the picture. So, again, the hypocrisy continues. But but these big bad men who don't play fair, yeah. that's what Drew had to say <laughs> about these, you know, the patriarchy that tends to run things. And why was she so damn excited at the idea that Stacey Abrams was going to run again? Was, yes, she yes. was thrilled. What are you excited about? I don't know. But has anyone has anyone turned losing into a bigger career than <laughs> Stacey Abrams? Beto the O'Rourke, fact that they're still like hey, arguably Beto O'Rourke, uh, but yeah, Stacey Abrams. Um, now I, there's some people who have turned being losers, like Eric Swalwell, even though he gets elected, he's still a loser. Uh, they've turned that into a big career. But uh, Stacey, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, those guys come to mind. Uh, Mitt Romney, Dan Crenshaw, but uh, Stacey Abrams here. I, I, like, if you were to ask Drew Barrymore, I would love to ask her, like, which of Stacey Abrams' policies stands out to you as the most poignant and significant as to why she should run for a third time to be governor in the state of Georgia? Uh, I would love to hear her wax eloquent on her sociopolitical philosophies. And I hear what Drew Barrymore has to say in regards to that. Um, just, I mean, if you're that ecstatic, I mean, if you're orgasmic even over uh, the possibility that in four years Stacey Abrams is going to run for governor again, I would like to know why. I want to have some of what you're having because I don't get it. But again, you, you got to pander to the left. I, I promise you, first of all, Drew Barrymore would never have Ted Cruz on a show. Uh, she never have. Well, let's let's keep it in Georgia. She never had the governor Brian Kemp on her show, and she wouldn't get excited about that because he's again. These are big mean men who uh, who don't play fair. <laughs> That's the world we're living in, playing fair. Oh, so so um, so wild and crazy out there. Be careful, folks. Uh, you have heard me talk about the amazing extreme altitude wines from Bonner Private Wine Partnership before. Uh, I just had a bottle of their 9,000-foot Malbec the other night with dinner. The 9,000-foot doesn't mean that's how big the bottle is. Uh, that's where it comes from, 9,000 feet in the air. It's a high-altitude wine. And uh, here we are. You know, it's all, In my house, it's always grilling season, and the flavors of this Malbec go great with any meat you're going to have. And uh, this is unlike any wine you've ever tasted. you got hints of blackberry, leather, smoke, a little dark cherry. It is a delicious wine, and these wines are almost impossible to get on your own because the producers are deep in the Andes Mountains, and they make a very limited quantity. So I've got an amazing offer for you that I have never had before. I want you to visit bonnerprivatewines.com slash chad, and you'll not only get wine for over 50% off plus free shipping, you'll also get a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So that's four bottles for the price of three. It's a deal it's hard to turn down if you're a wine lover like myself. Just visit BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Chad. Claim your bonus bottle. Become part of America's most unique wine club. That's BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Chad and get your wine today. We'll be right back. While we're talking about me, 
Let's bring on Sarah Gonzalez. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Chad Prather, expert. She hasn't been, she hasn't been uh, sitting here the whole time, and I've just ignored her. She just no. wandered in. I just came in. Like a homeless person that came in from the cold. Yes. Yeah. Which it is very cold in the building. Is it? Yeah. That's why I have my sweater. Oh, you, look, you look fantastic, Sarah. Well, you. always you, do. Chad. Uh, let me just tell you what they're saying in the live chat. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's never had a bad day in her life. <laughs> Ever. Uh-uh-uh. I found an incredible restaurant based off of just one piece of meat. It's called Killen's Steakhouse in the Woodlands, Texas. Okay. I've passed it many times. It's two miles from my house. Killen's? Killen's. K-I-L-L-E-N-S. Okay. So Killen's originated in uh, Pearland, Texas with Killen's Steakhouse and, and also Killen's Barbecue. They brought both iterations up to the Woodlands. Okay. And I went in the other night and uh, took a couple gals in, you know, and... Uh, one of them was seven years old, but uh, it, it, with her mother. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, we went in there. And they had an Australian Wagyu filet that was like eating pudding. I mean, it would just melt in your mouth. So good. The rest of the food, that's fine. You're making me hungry. It was so good. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> I cannot stop thinking about it. And that's uh, not packed. It's not loud. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to be like that pimp that sits there at the bar happy hour every day. Just, just my booze and my steak. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Picking up chicks. Okay, next time I, I get down there, you're going to have to take me. Come on. Okay. It's really good. That steak is really, really good. I No, no when you come down, I'm taking you to Triss. Okay. Uh, my, my buddy Austin Simmons is the chef there at Triss. They wanted him in Chicago, New York, L.A., and he said, nope, I love Texas. I like to hunt. I like to fish. I like to play golf. I like living in the woodlands. And so he's got the right there at the waterway in the woodlands, Tris, T R I S. Okay. Go in there. I see Dinesh D'Souza and his wife Debbie in there oh, all the that's time. Funny. And uh, Dinesh is funny because he goes in the parking deck and then he comes. He, they've got a special walkway. That's a secret entrance into the building, so he doesn't have to go by the riffraff. Oh, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to pass the peasants. Yeah. Does it? You do the peasants like us? I like being with the peasants. I, I, we, I, that's us. That's our people. We I are. Like, we are the peasants. I'm the peasant, <laughs> right? And every night, and every time I see Dinesh, I'm like, "Hey, Dinesh!" And Debbie's like, "Oh!" Hey. And he's like, "Who's that again?" <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite that bad, but that's funny. Uh, I may still be hungover from that national championship game. I, I don't I know. I would imagine. I, yeah, I drank a lot of tequila that night. A lot of celebration. A lot. So uh, I shot a text message over to I'm a name drop to okay. uh, to my buddy Chip Roy. And uh, Chip, uh, if you play one, two, three, four, five, six, if you play number six clip there. Uh, let just play it. You know, let's remember that uh, a little temporary conflict is yeah. necessary in this town in order to mm-hmm. stop this town from rolling over the American people. I don't think anybody uh, on either side of the aisle could uh, say with a straight face that they think that Washington is doing uh, good work for the American people on a regular basis and isn't broken. Uh, it, we, we have to work to fix this place. And look, some of the tensions you saw on display uh, when we saw some of the, you know, the interactions there between Mike Rogers and Matt Gates. Uh, you know, some of that is we need a little of that. We need a little yeah. of this sort of breaking the glass in order to get us to the table and orders to fight for the American people and to change the way this place is dysfunctional. Yeah, I want people getting bludgeoned with a walking cane. Let's take it back to the back 1800s, to, yeah, man. Yeah, take it all the way back. And I've told you guys before, Andrew Jackson, before he was president, of course, 
He was a substitute. He was a second in over 100 duels. They weren't even his fights. He just showed up for his buddy because his buddy couldn't make it to the fight. That's back when men were men and a little mm-hmm. stupid. But again... Well, y'all are still a little stupid. Let's take it back to leather gloves where we slap you in the face and say pistols at dawn. I'm, I'm here for that. People will get far less offended by things. Well, I mean, I think this goes back to uh, earlier in the week when you were on my show and we it was like we... Chip Roy is echoing exactly what we said, which is a conflict in Washington is actually healthy. Like, Good. that's what you want. Well, let's look at all the things, because we didn't really talk about this this week. Let, we did on your show, but let's look at the things that, that they accomplished, mm-hmm. okay? So now you can vote on term limits, uh, 72 hours to read a bill. You can't pack it full of pork. Mm-hmm. These bills, we are cramming all this minutia in there that nobody knows, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be paying for scuba, scuba lessons in Pakistan. And then we literally did that. I mean, that was crap. And that's was not that even the most deal? ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, transgender studies in the Sudan. Right. I mean, this kind of stuff that's going on. And we're paying for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, we're getting fleeced. Uh, they talk because of the Freedom Caucus. One of the things is they're talking about uh, abolishing the IRS. Yeah. Bringing things down to a consumer tax. I say, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. A consumption-based tax, sorry, a consumption-based tax, which is something I think I I ran, I ran on that here in the state of Texas. So this is the kind of thing, like you guys put me in Congress when the time comes, when y'all are ready to raise the money. You guys put me in Congress. You you want more Chip Roy's? You want more Matt Gates? I'll be that guy. I promise you I'll be that guy. I will be there. I will be a thorn in their side if anyone has watched you for more than five minutes i think that they know that you will be that guy yeah yeah but it, it will it's be that very person. easy to tell yeah who you're dealing with i'll be that person yeah no doubt about it and i and i can keep a show on the blaze right <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic it works uh ted cruz has a podcast it's true call ben ferguson I need to talk to Ben Ferguson. Okay. All right. Okay. I, I got some things I need to say to Ben Ferguson. Okay. I you was know, just texting with him yeah, earlier today. Ben Ben has does the podcast with Ted. Mm-hmm. I need to talk to Ben. Okay. Um, we got to take this. We got to we got to next level this shit. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to talk about some things going on in Washington D.C. No, I, I you know I've always been one of those guys who I'm like I'm Texas first, mm-hmm. Texas first, Texas first, Texas first. I didn't want anything to do with Washington D.C. But after watching this stuff go on i'm like maybe we do need to get back to washington dc and we need some voices that remind them that texas is here and texas matters mm-hmm. uh eric july brought it up on your show about if any anybody needs to swing their ball sack around it needs to be texas right, right now when it comes to washington dc right right uh um, well, i think you can do both at the same time i think you can i think you can i think chip roy's doing a good job yep. of that yep you know uh these other guys aren't you know, they're just not. Well, and notice the other guys who aren't like Dan Crenshaw and some others got their committee head status taken away. Yeah. A lot of these folks did. Yep. I say keep hammering them. I know. Keep hammering. Let them see them. the consequences of you their know, own actions. A number of folks on the squad got mm-hmm. lost their committees. Uh, knocked what, Nancy so Pelosi's ass off of there, too. Has Crenshaw officially applied for a squad position yet? Or <laughs> does he just automatically get He's in? He's trying on the turban. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... There's, mu- there's not a lot of there's not a lot of difference between them these days. <laughs> there's so many things I want to say right now. I can't. Just about nothing. Never mind. Uh, but I, look, 
we're we're in trouble. But I love what's happening. Like I see good things here, all because of those twenty that mm-hmm. stood up to the rest of the crowd. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you're just stuck with the uniparty, right? You know, with their little secret handshake and jumping in the same limo after work yeah. and heading to the steakhouse and. You know, it's like professional wrestlers. They duke it out. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then John Boehner cries when they unveil Nancy Pelosi's portrait. I'd cry, too. <sighs> well, I so I was on with um, Steve Dace um, for their special, you know, Christmas episode where they look back at the year. And we were supposed to go through and say, you know, give a ranking for all of these different categories. And one of them was best political theater. And I said... I would say John Boehner crying uh, about Nancy Pelosi retiring, but I don't actually think that was political theater. I think that those were actual real emotions. They were real tears. (laughs) Which is the problem. You know, and and he's like, oh, my daughters just really admire her. And by the way, my daughters are Democrats. Yeah, exactly. Then you failed. Exactly. You didn't beat that ass. (laughs) Bottom line, you didn't beat that ass. My kids don't touch my thermostat and they'll never vote Democrat because I beat that ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Now I have that song in my head. Yeah, you have beat that ass. You don't get that uh, on a little album I named Y'all Shut Up. <laughs> How about that? I'll sing it for you in Lexington, Kentucky, Friday night if you'll mm. show up. That's a good question. Steve Dace, you know, the you know, the thing about that dude is um, he never has me on a show. <laughs> it's amazing how huh. that works. He'll have me on his overtime or some of that bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. It's usually overtime for me. This was just like a special Christmas edition or whatever. You know who else never has me on her show? Who? Allie. Really? Allie Stucky. Huh? She's never been interested in my systematic theology. <laughs> sure hasn't. Huh? No. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how these people from all these other places, like you know, Newsmax, all they clamor for my attention. They want me on. Eric Bowling wants me on every week. Not around here, though. <laughs> Not around here. Are you saying you're underappreciated? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Pinpointed. <laughs> They're afraid what I'm going to say, which I did cuss on your show Monday. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, I am constantly asking you to be on my show. So. But, uh, and I am. I yes. mean, I technically think that that's my show at this point, at least whoa, one whoa, day a whoa. week. At least one day a week. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I had to use a swear jar, but you know what? Let's for I haven't cussed on your show in at least a year and a half. Yeah, well, I mean, look, sometimes it's warranted. When it's warranted, it's warranted. Yeah. And all I hear from people um, on that is, look, management doesn't want us cursing on my show. But for the most part, people are like, you're saying what we're feeling, and we feel that passion too. And yeah. so they feel it with you when you say that. Everybody that watches this show, with the exception of a handful of people that are in my life, my family, yeah. or you know, whatever. Uh, everybody on here, y'all love it when I get pissed off. Right. Y'all love it when I get fired right, up. Right, right. Because they know that we say well, we say what we mean and we yeah. mean what we say. Yeah. So, anyway. We're not the stuffy talking heads over at CNN. <laughs> Hair loss sucks. Uh, and it can be tough. And if you're looking at your pictures or you go into the barbershop, I know I always sit down at the barbershop and, you know, I got my little dad joke. It's like, oh, if you could put some more on it. You know, sweep <laughs> some off the floor and put some hair on there. Uh, anyway, I wear hats all the time anyway. Um, but, uh, you could do something about it. You could don't shave your hair off. Don't go bald like Jason Buttrell. (laughs) Use keeps keeps has clinically proven FDA approved hair loss treatments available online. And whether you're looking to prevent hair loss or stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of the hair you have, 
You have Keeps medical providers who will help you find the right products and develop a personalized hair-saving routine that works for you. It's very easy. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. Keeps is delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. Half the cost, folks. And if you have questions, you can message your Keeps provider 24-7. So if you're looking to take action, join thousands of guys who have saved their hair with Keeps. Visit keeps.com slash loss. They'll give you 50% off your first order. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash loss. Keeps.com slash loss. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, You know, every once in a while, I've got the uh, dubious honor of bringing before you, you know, a, a tale, a story that is not only apt to tickle your ears with transcendental enlightenment, but might also turn your stomach at the same time. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Others just want to roam around on the skin of this old world, harming children in myriad and often sexual ways. It's disgusting. Now, to be honest, I prefer the company of the former sociopath. Thank you very much. In the case of the latter, let's examine the current situation of someone named Brandy Wood of the great state of Connecticut. Wood's aliases include, yes, aliases. They include Kyle Bailey, Stephen Bennett, Kunani Brady Moanum and Kalakua, Kalakawa, however you want to say it, would. Yeah, the dude, yes, I said dude, has gone undercover a lot. And he's had to because this piece of human uh, uh, just absolutely direct praise on children and praise God from whom all blessings flow. He's been caught and is now going to be in prison for a painfully short amount of time, which we'll talk about later. First, there's the little matter that this guy has rightfully been uh, jugged in a male prison ever since he got caught and now wants to be transferred to a women's prison because, of course, he identifies as a woman, of course. Now, more specifically and ridiculously, he identifies as an intersex female. Now, if you're confused about that term, let me read to you the definition as laid out by the Intersex Society of North America. Intersex is a general term used for a variety of conditions in which a person is born with a reproductive or sexual anatomy that doesn't seem to fit the typical definitions of female or male. For example, a person might be born appearing to be a female on the outside, but having mostly male typical anatomy on the inside, or a person may be born with genitals that seem to be in between the usual male and female types. For example, a girl may be born with a noticeably large clitoris or lacking a vaginal opening, or a boy may be born with a noticeably small penis or with a scrotum that is divided so that it has formed more like a labia. Oh, boy. Or a person may be born with mosaic genetics so that some of her cells have XX chromosomes and some of them have XY. God, uh, how bad would it be to be labeled having a noticeably small penis? <laughs> oh, I don't want to be labeled as that. So let's get this straight. This dude who has made a hobby out of stalking girls, actual girls, by the way, online, and then going after them sexually now wants to be put in a female prison? I've got the perfect solution to this. I say, let him do it. Let him transfer to the women's prison. But because we're so hot and heavy for equity in this country, you're going to have to even the odds out a little bit. You can't give the female prisoners guns to protect themselves with. But, but you know, let's not go crazy. But how about, say, a bunch of broomsticks and pocket knives to whittle with? Uh, let them do the rest. And if you tell them who the fresh fish coming down the line really is, well... You have yourself one less kid diddler in the world, and we all go to sleep a little bit easier. Look, there's always going to be complexity surrounding this issue, but I think anyone sane can agree that someone like this doesn't belong in a women's prison. Oh, and by the way, remember how I said Shim here was getting a ridiculously short sentence for his crimes? 30 months, less than three years, my friends. If that doesn't bother you, it really, really should. Amen. 
you know, we've got realwomensclub.com. Mm -hmm. uh, go go there, use RWC20, get 20% off. But, you know, we we model those shirts as real, women's, real women don't have balls mm -hmm. and real, real women, women aren't men yeah. and things like that and say, oh, you guys are just a bunch of bigots. These people have never harmed anybody. Well, mm, I beg to differ. They beg to differ. Mm -hmm. They they actually have. Mm -hmm. So, and and here's what it harms. Here's what it harms. And this is this is the very low end of the thing. We're not even talking about the violent stuff or the or the um, you know the athletic stuff that's harming, but just the sheer fact that it takes away from true femininity. Correct. Women are the ones getting the shaft. Yeah, uh, so to speak. They. Yeah. <laughs> or they have the shaft these yeah. days. We don't know. Um, yeah, or a noticeably small penis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a shaft. It's not a log. <laughs> you know, it's not a log. Um, it is really sad, too, because, you know, for all the, the talk from the left for so many years about the war on women and the patriarchy, I mean, this is it. Yeah. Right here. This is the patriarchy. This is the war on women. They are literally trying to erase us and replace us with actual men. With and the, dicks. And these same vagina hat screaming Riri's yep. out in the street are the ones who are the loudest online barking about, you're a bunch of bigots. Yep. No, we're actually fighting for women's rights. Right, right. This is the real fight. Yeah. You you guys were worried about men wearing flannel shirts and cutting wood yeah. and mansplaining things to you, which, by the way, ladies, uh, mansplaining is when a man condescendingly tells you what something means. Or, or manspreading, right? The, women were oppressed because... People like Chad Prather over I here. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> not a clue. Boy, that is a, wow, that is a flexible man's spread. You know what, that's that's what we call not, that. It's not a noticeably small penis. <laughs> what that's not. That is a gigantic sack. They call that a scrotum, if you didn't know. And wow. it is full of balls. <laughs> okay. Full of Wait, balls. Wait, how many balls? Two. Okay. But... The, it's full of balls. It's I not about quantity. Clarify. It's about the mass. <laughs> right. These are big balls, <laughs> Sarah. These are these are juggalugs. Okay. Trust me when I tell you they slap the right places <laughs> from any angle. And the older I get, the further they reach. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do they dip in the toilet? Right in the <laughs> right in the water. Bloop. <laughs> Bloop. And I've learned just to let them sit there and swish around. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good with it. I've lost all feeling down there anyway. <laughs> but hey, here's the thing. This just took a turn. We really are fighting for women. Yes. We're fighting for women. And if you're offended by that, so be it. Right. If you're offended by us making jokes about, you know, femininity or masculinity, so be it. If you're, if you're that, look, men are always going to be men. Mm -hmm. Men are always going to be men. Uh, it's, it's the difference between testosterone and estrogen. We don't have to explain this to you. Mm -hmm. The older we get, men, we get a little more estrogen in our system. And that's what gives us the little rotund bellies. Little makes bellies. Us, that's why we cry a little bit, you know. We get a little more sappy. We get a little more sentimental. I'm telling you, man, my dad, he was tough. And the uh, older he got, man, he'd cry like that. He was a hard, hard dude, man. But the older he got, he was so sensitive to things, especially you start having those grandbabies and stuff like that. And, and you know. What's the Gary Allen song, um, you know, Big Babies, where he talks about, you know, tough men turn into big babies again over their kids. Oh, I haven't heard that. And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the thing. And older you get, you get up, you start giving zero Fs, right, what anybody thinks about you. Because we're used to going out of the cave, hunting something, club it over the head, and then drag it back, build a fire, and eat the damn thing. Yeah. 
And then the older we get, we get softer, and we hope for young men to come along and, and do that too. And, and so there are people, though, that are offended by that. I mean, there are people, though, that are offended by everything. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, who cares? Yeah. If I mean, we know, we like, look, it's not even, we talk, we talk about offended all day long, but the fact of the matter is that, as Ben Shapiro once famously said, or many times famously said, facts don't care about your feelings. The mm-hmm. fact is, men are men and women are women. No feeling is going to change that. So yeah. you might as well continue speaking the truth. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't, I don't see a lot of women going out there doing a lot of those dirty jobs. No. You know, it's like Andrew Schwartz said, women played the long game, man. They didn't want equality until there was air conditioning in the office buildings. (laughs) (laughs) They they were like, equality. Right. Yeah. That's when they wanted a 401k. But but, but again, we've talked about this ad nauseum of how society now, culture now, big government now has forced us where both the man and the woman have to go get jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to go out there and it, cause everything's so expensive and we bought into this lie that you got to have all this stuff. That's another thing. The older I get, I'm trying to, I want to simplify. Yeah. Boy, I'm not, but I, I mean, I do want to, <laughs> like I find myself looking at these little cabins in the woods going, yeah, yeah, I could, I could he deal does with that. Too, and he threatens, he's like, I'm going to get this cabin and you, no one will ever hear from me again. Do you, I mean, do you know how tempting it is to move to, to someplace in Mexico? Just, yeah. Oof, I'm gone. I could do it. Just gone. <laughs> I just could. live off of mailbox money for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Open up some tourist, you know, scuba diving <laughs> yeah. tourism business yeah, take or people something. On a, on a glass bottom boat. Yeah, yeah. But it wouldn't be in the water. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. Blumpkins are extra. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> they do love when you talk about the Blumpkins. They do, man. <laughs> And for those of you ladies who don't know what a blumpkin is, it's a blowjob while you take a dump, okay? <laughs> this episode of Mansplaining is brought to you by, hey, it's time to make your health great again. <laughs> as we get closer to, uh, you know, as, as we move into the new year, for anyone looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism and uh, boost your energy, transform how you look and feel, start taking care of your liver. Your liver is your body's master detoxifier. Performs over 500 key functions in your body every day. It's responsible for cleaning and removing thousands of harmful toxins, man-made chemicals, alcohol, dangerous food additives, preservatives. And after decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and become sluggish. That's why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feel tired all the time. But uh, I got a simple, all-natural solution that's absolutely recommended. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities, boost your energy levels, and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. It also works remarkably well to fight fatty liver, which is a silent epidemic affecting millions of Americans. Liver Health Formula is backed by the latest science. It's approved by American doctors. Every bottle is manufactured right here in America. Right now, as a part of my audience, you could try it not only completely risk-free but you'll receive five free gifts when you order today you're going to get 30 day supply of the nano powered omega-3 it's a powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids it's going to support a healthy heart and brain four times better absorption absorption thanks to the nano delivery system you're going to get four free ebooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity go to getliverhelp.com slash chad get the risk-free supply of liver health formula and all the five bonus gifts and you're going to be covered by the 365 day money back guarantee so you got nothing to risk getliverhelp.com slash chad you can call them up talk to them 800-282-1757 we'll be right back 
Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> what are we talking about? What did I say? This is your show. I don't even know what I was saying at this point. Well, I, I mean. Was, I, well, you got me talking about my boy Terrence Williams. Yeah. During a break. Cousin T's pancake batter. I had no idea he did that. That is so Well, we so were talking funny. during the break about how all these, quote, influencers make money. Yeah. You know, Terrence goes out and does live shows. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I am, I'm telling you, I got three million followers on social media. If everybody'd send me a dollar, <laughs> I will go to Mexico. His Venmo is Chad Prather 22. Yeah, 22. Chad <laughs> Prather 22. Um, if everybody'd send me a dollar, right. I'm out. I will end the smug club right now. I will end it. Okay, so hold on. Ooh, my pussy itches. <laughs> so, wow. This just got really weird. Well, again. I'm a woman now. So, no, hold on. There's got to be some money in that grift. <laughs> so, right? but hold on, because you may be onto something here. I wonder if not, not your, your followers don't want to give you, your fans don't want to give you money so that you quit. They want you to keep going. I don't know that they do. Tell, I think there's more fans. people. I tell, think there's more people that want me to shut up. Well, but that's what I'm saying. So tell your haters to all give you a dollar, and then you might go away, and then they'll send it to you. There's three of you. I'm going to sue. <laughs> we don't know which ones yet. Well, yeah. Uh, there's one particular lawsuit that's going to happen in Arizona at mm. the worst possible time for that person. I would say. Well deserved. Yeah. But anyway, enough about that. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, let's uh let's talk about the very last clip that you got there. Cause I people they they love to come at me and they say, Oh, you keep talking about these people who died suddenly. Why don't you play the uh Peter McCullough clip, the very last one? Lead investigator, uh Dr. Flavio Catagiani from Brasilia, Brazil. I just interviewed him on the McCullough report. Uh he believes it's perfectly consistent with the hypothesis that the vaccine sets up the heart inflammation, which can be very subtle. In fact, some of it can have no symptoms whatsoever. And then it's the big surge of adrenaline during a soccer game or during a basketball game, uh, during sports, that's triggering these deaths. And boy, that theory fits. And he has a paper out in the preprint server system uh, outlining how that really happens. And uh, now, uh, today, it's on my Twitter feed, uh, there's a school a uh, school physician office that said that no child will play until they have blood tests to see if they have heart inflammation. So now the vaccine is creating extra medical procedures, even for clearance before athletics. And now three countries, uh, certainly in Canada, Hospital for Sick Children, the UK, as well as Australia, the government authorities have issued guidelines for doctors, largely cardiologists like myself, to follow for screening, detection, and management of vaccine-induced myocarditis. It's as if this heart damage occurring the vaccines is now becoming a normal part of medical life for cardiologists. Mm, it's a good dude right there. Yeah. Um, you know, I got fingerprints. You got fingerprints. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same fingerprints. Right. I don't know if you know this or not. We don't have the same blood type. Mm-hmm. Even though we have the same blood type, we still don't really have the same blood. We, we got different things going on in there, right? So this idea that one medical treatment is universally going to help 8 billion people on the planet is absolutely ludicrous. I'm not trying to show you these things or even post the clips or post the the articles on social media to scare you, but I do want you to be aware, right? And I don't think that across the board, if somebody got the vaccine, that they're just automatically going to just drop dead. 
right? Yeah. But it, you never know what else in combination, you know, is, is going to happen. I mean, what else is going on in your body that you don't know about? There's things happening in your body you don't know. You, you know, there may be things happening that you have no clue about, haven't been revealed yet. And now suddenly that you're going to have an interaction that you did not expect. Mm. All because of these, you know, big science, big pharma, big medical, big government have all said you got to have this medical treatment. So I want you to be aware of this thing. I, I, I encourage people, you know, there's some, there's some detoxes out there that, you know, whatever. But I, I just keep encouraging people. It's, what my conviction is it's not so much the machine as much as it is the, the boosters, People are loading themselves up with these things. I mean, now the vaccine's bad, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, but but what you keep you keep exacerbating the problem, right? But I mean, I would say you know this is kind of this has been our whole point was there's no absolutely no way anyone who tells you this is safe and effective is lying to you just because there is literally no way for no them way to, to know. know that yet. That's right. So the fact that they are pushing that, pushing that language on the American public, trying to mandate it, trying to get rid, I would say trying to get rid of a control group. Yeah. Right. You have to ask yourself why, why would you do that? Because realistically speaking, there's absolutely no way that you can tell me that it is safe and effective at this point in the game. You have to at least be honest with people. You're going to be a guinea pig. Yeah. Right. You are the guinea pig. You are the study. So you decide <laughs> weigh a cost benefit analysis. And if you are super at risk for, you know, this particular virus and you think it makes sense for you to take the risk, then do that. But at least let people know what they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, is fair point. Hey, look at this bottle right here. This this bottle of uh, 1792 small batch bourbon. Um, we drink this like years ago. We drank this bottle right on down. I mean, boom, we knocked that thing out first day. Um, so this is not bourbon so, in this bottle. Well, what is it? Well, that's the question. <laughs> See, that's the question. So for the purpose of having something on set that had color in it, uh, Mark's wife, Candice, mm -hmm. she put... She put, I think, water and Coke in here and mixed them together. Now, I don't know that. I'm just saying I wouldn't drink this. Right. It's probably safe enough. Hello. It would probably be disgusting. Yeah. It's been sitting there for two and a half years. Uh, I don't know what this is to put it in my body. Maybe it's safe. What are you talking about? Drinking it. How about injecting it? Exactly. <laughs> so, so if I'm not blindly just going to just turn this up and try it, mm -hmm. uh, you say, oh, no, you need water. I mean, that's, there's water in that. You need the water. Right. Oh, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so now you're going to put something in a syringe and stick it in me? Right. I'm not sure what that is. You people have been real gullible. Hang mm -hmm. tight. We'll be right back. I'm going to go get on that airplane Friday morning. I'm going to fly to Lexington, Kentucky. Get in a rental car and go across town. Manchester Music Hall. That's the spot. People, I love people who, I've been to Manchester Music Hall. I just, it's not a sit-down venue. Well, it is Friday night. <laughs> it is Friday night. Um, <laughs> just come to the show and find out. Mm -hmm. We got room for you. Come on in there. It's going to be a fun night. People always say, what kind of show is it? I'll know when I stand on stage. <laughs> 
when I get up <laughs> that's there. That's how Chad lives his life. That's how, when I when I get there, that's when we're going to figure it out. <laughs> and you're going to have a blast. I promise you we're going to have fun. But anyway, I want to encourage you uh, uh, to go get Blaze TV. It comes in a discreet, unmarked package. BlazeTV.com slash Chad. Use promo code Chad. Don't want you to miss overtime this week. We'll see you tomorrow. Love you. God bless you. Bye.